2: and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half in the right back. Simons in the
1: handoff. Ken cuts to the left. First down and more. 30, 25, 20. Simonton on his way. Ken into the end zone. Touchdown Beavers.
2: And the streak is going to end here tonight. Black snap on target to Woidnick. He gets a much better punt away here. Sammy Strader back to his 30-yard line. Starts up the middle. Gets to the 40. He's got a seam. 45 midfield. 45-40. He's got a chance to go. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Beavers! Monumental sort of Black Suits running in. Nod your head. The Black Suits. Let me see you nod your head like this. Let me see you nod your head like this. Let me see you nod
0: Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgate. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgate, our headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of Thermodynamic Lipid Immersion, my co host, Brother The Beach. Beach! Billy! Hey. How goes it?
2: Oh, it goes it goes. It was good good Saturday. Yes, worn it was. out. Yeah, worn out on Sunday, but you know, it's, it's good. Yeah. Weather's been out good. I wonder if we're going to have this good of weather all uh, season. Oh,
0: that would be nice. It would be. That would be some nothing. 2000s type stuff. Yeah, I was going to say nothing worse than a wet tent. Yes. So, anyway, how was your weekend? Good. Good, good, good. You know, it wasn't a perfect Saturday, but it was a good Saturday.
2: Yeah, yeah. Hard to get a perfect Saturday when you got the other team playing Hawaii. Yeah. So that was a disappointment. Yep. So, Bill, Bill, Billy, tell people what is the purpose of illegal participation?
0: For us to talk Beaver Sports, tailgate, and anything else we find interesting every week, and just generally screw around together and record it. Uh, if you want to listen to us, uh, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, most other podcatchers. And if you want to contact us, HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com. Follow me at HeinrichTailgater on X or look for Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook.
2: Yeah, and, and please look for Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook and friend it because that is our best way of communicating to you guys if we have to move the tailgate.
0: Yes, like we did this year, this week. <laughs> Yeah. All right, BJ, are you ready to talk a little bit of Beaver sports news. Yes. All right, let's start with a little women's volleyball. Okay. Thursday evening, Oregon State dropped their non conference home finale to Portland State by a 3 0 margin.
2: Well, oh, that sucks.
0: Yep, but they still had a non conference road game. And? That was Saturday night. And How'd they do? They fell to in state foe Portland State by three to one margin.
2: Yes, it's feeling like last year all over again.
0: Yeah, so they, they they actually picked up one of the games of the match this time, but in that game, uh, Beach, Michael Vernon paced the Bees with eighteen kills, while Ryan White's twenty-one digs led OSU in the category, and Liz Schuster's thirty-one assists and OSU Career Best led the team. Now Beach, Oregon State is five and five and will open conference play this coming Friday, September twenty-second. When the Civil War series resumes in Eugene against the Ducks,
2: did you use that term right, Billy? What? The Civil War?
0: No, actually, in the press release it says rivalry series, but I don't, Formally. I don't, I don't give a crap anymore.
2: Well, I mean, it's not a rivalry series because our in-state rivals are leaving. So I think, and they were the bitch-ass ones that changed the name, aren't they?
0: Well, they were the ones that bitched about the name in the first place. So screw them. It's now the Civil War series. First serve will be from Matthew Knight Arena, 7 p.m. and can be watched on the Pac-12 Network.
2: Nice. What if we're gonna keep wonder when they'll change the name of that conference?
0: I don't know. Next up, Beach. We have some women's soccer.
2: Oh, love women's soccer, Billy.
0: Well, Beach Oregon State women's soccer team wrapped up non-conference play with a 0-0 draw against Montana Sunday afternoon at Paul Lorenz Field. The Beavers will head into Pac-12 play this week on a four-match unbeaten run.
2: You know I hate ties.
0: I know. Now, in uh, the game against Montana, the Beavs held a 16-12 advantage on shots, <laughs> led by McKenna Martinez, who took aim on 11 attempts. Now, with the tie, the Beavs moved to a 3-2-3 and record on the season. Okay. Okay. So the bees will open Pac-12 play on Friday when they head to the Grand Canyon State for a matchup with Arizona State. All right. And, Beach, we got a little bit of men's soccer news.
2: And what are the men doing in soccer, Billy?
0: Well, Beach, they were down in the Bay Area to take on Cal and Stanford. And on Thursday afternoon in Berkeley, the Oregon State men's soccer team overcame a two-goal deficit and a numerical disadvantage to earn a draw on the road at Cal. Now, the Beavs trailed two to nothing in the 14th minute. What? Fancy name for a tie. The Beavs trailed two to nothing in the 14th minute, and they played the final 77 minutes down a man after an early red card, but were able to rally to notch the tie.
2: I don't know. The the whole rules behind soccer just annoy me.
0: So, yes, B.J. was a tie, but there was actually a comeback to tie it, and they were down a guy the whole time. Yeah. So it's
2: impressive. Yeah. I don't know. I just flailing around, acting like you're hurt, getting red cards and yellow cards and green cards, referees that count negative time, playing to a tie. It's just one of the most worthless sports I've ever seen in my life.
0: Yeah, we've we've had our discussion about our my problems yeah. with with, with I, soccer.
2: Yeah. I just
0: I could couldn't
2: Yeah. Anyway. Other than the girls are really cute when they run around a field in shorts, shorts.
0: Well beige, on Sunday afternoon, Oregon State took on number one ranked Stanford in Stanford, California. And Well beige, Logan Farrington found the net twice as the Oregon State men's soccer team earned a victory two to one Sunday over Stanford.
2: Beat those little bitch Cardinals, huh?
0: Yep. With the victory, the Beavs have now knocked off the number one ranked team in the nation in three straight seasons. With nice. all of those victories coming on the road. Wow. Oregon State also extended its beaten streak against Stanford to six consecutive matches.
2: And do, will we have more games against them as the year progresses? Do, we, do you play? I believe uh, they
0: play everybody uh, twice.
2: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Now, the bees the are 4-2-1 and overall, 1-0-1 in the Pac-12, and will return to non-conference play next weekend when they host Loyola Marymount at Lorenz Field. Hmm.
2: So, no, no losses in the conference yet, but a tie. Correct. And, yeah.
0: So stupid. Yep. And, Beach, we can kind of talk about it, too. Last Monday, Oregon State and Washington State we granted a temporary restraining order against the PAC 12. And with that, it keeps the um, board of directors from meeting and passing any votes in person
2: to dissolve. Essentially because their goal would be to dissolve the conference.
0: Well, possibly um, they can still uh, hold meetings by email and pass anything business wise that way, but it has to be unanimous. Okay. Per order of the judge. Oh, wow. Yeah. So
2: so they all have to agree or are they, are they, the no, no laws get passed. Correct. Now, so, no, neither side of this, this argument can, can pass rules without, uh, without consent of everyone.
0: Yeah. Now, did you see, I think you saw the other day that the commissioner, George Klevkoff, um, sent a, a letter. Yeah. yeah. I,
2: I, and I felt it was a little chicken crap myself.
0: Well, but part of it, I mean, I'm just going to call them the devious 10, the ones that are leaving for obvious reasons. I can see why the devious 10 are concerned about finances with any money that's coming in between now and July 31st.
2: Because essentially it's a it's a whole uh, a whole year's worth of revenue coming in for Correct. The sports. Correct. Yeah.
0: And b- taking their letter per face for face value, what mm-hmm. they what they're saying is they're not leaving before this um, media and contract cycle is up. They're not leaving before that, so they mm-hmm. should still be entitled for any. Money that's coming in that was agreed to on how it was going to be paid out, you know, up until July 31st. And on the yeah. surface, I, I agree with that.
2: Yeah. Well, you figure if these teams go to bowl games this, this, this year, um, that's a lot of money to be split among the PAC 12 teams, yeah,
0: depending on when it's paid out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think Oregon state and Washington state are more concerned of the assets and what's going to be coming in going forward, so August first on. Yeah. Um now I if I think there might be a little bit of projection on the devious tense part, going like, well, we don't want you guys screwing us out of the money that we're supposed to be entitled to that's coming in now. Which I mean, if Oregon State and Washington State are the only two on the board allowed to vote. Then they, they then, they, then they in in theory could just vote to say, Hey, any money coming in only gets split two ways. You guys get nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't believe that's what Oregon state and Washington state were intending to do. Mm-hmm. I think there's been fans out there speculating. I even said if they wanted, they could, but I don't <laughs> think they would do that.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, like I said, I think there might be some projection on it. Cause I think the devious 10 give it a different circumstance. could oh, do I, that I... themselves. Yeah, I,
2: I think if they could they could uh, I don't punish isn't the right word, but if they could continue to, to send misery towards Oregon State and Washington State, they would. I don't think it's that Well, I, mean, I don't it's, think it's, it's that they, evil. They, they, they would they would take the Pac12 and they would rob its assets to benefit them. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and and so again, continue to punish more and more those the other two teams that aren't leaving They'll be like well it should pay for this it should pay for this and they 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 would agree all 10 of them to rob the assets of the conference at the expense of the two that are still in it
0: well i don't think it's to punish i think it's to hell with like well we don't care about them. we're worried about us
2: yeah, yeah always looking at your own self-interest yeah, yeah absolutely
0: yeah yeah um now if they wanted to dissolve the pack they could have done that mm-hmm um, I think if they wanted to, they could have voted to dissolve the pack and then announced they were leaving. Right. Mm-hmm. But being a bunch of rats that didn't want to be the last one on what they saw was a sinking ship. They all mm-hmm. jumped the gun. Yeah. Um, I think the best thing for Oregon state and Washington state, since this has happened was Cal and Stanford announcing they were leaving. Cause once they did that, it went down to two. Yeah. And now you're, your interests are a hell of a lot more aligned aligned between Cal and Stanford or between Oregon state, and Washington state than mm-hmm. adding Cal and Stanford to that mix.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. They, so, they both, are, they, they share very similar values at this
0: point. So, and so they have actually passed some business. I know about some employee compensation and retention. Um, so they got that passed last week after the restraining order. So they can still get some business done, but, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, to my knowledge, there hasn't been a a uh, uh, court date set for going forward um, with with what they're going to do. So. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. hey, hey Billy. Yes, me. Yeah. I do. Billy. Yes, beach.
2: This just in. Oregon launches legal psilocybin access amid high demand and hopes for improved mental health care. We talked about this a while back, I believe. But now, it's happening. In Eugene, Oregon, psilocy- psilocybin T wind chimes and tie-dye mattress await those coming to an office suite in Eugene to trip on magic mushrooms. <laughs> For roughly six hours, adults over 21 can experience what many users describe as vivid geometric shapes, a loss of identity, and a oneness with the universe. Epic Healing, in, uh, Epic Healing Eugene, America's first licensed psilocybin service center opened in June, marking Oregon's unprecedented step in offering the mind-bending drug to the public. The center now has a waitlist of more than 3,000 names, including people with depression, PTSD, and end-of-life dread. You know, if there is going, if there is ever an epicenter for when hell comes to Earth, it's going to be in Eugene, Oregon. Did you know that? Well, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Vivid geometric shape. I'm stoned out of my freaking
0: mind. All I see are triangles, and they're purple. (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand it.
2: I don't get it, and it only, you know, all I can hope for is that three of is about, you know, 50 or 60 of the people in that 3,000 list are a bunch of Oregon football players, because that'll make their... uh, That'll make their games all the better, I'm sure. Oh. So, but what a pathetic, pathetic world. Uh, and Eugene is the start of it. Anyway, there you go. So. All right, Beach. I'm a tailgater update from Eugene.
0: Well, Beach, are you ready to go under further review for week number three in the Pac-12?
2: After further review, the runner did cross the line.
0: Absolutely, Billy. All righty. Well, Beach, heading into week three, you were sitting at 14 out of 22. Kyle, I hate you, Kyle, was at 16 out of 22, and I was at 17 out of 22. And actually, we got to see Kyle this week. He actually came to the tailgater. He was in in, uh, in town.
2: He actually crashed at my house. Yeah. But, you know, I hate him so much, I made him sleep on the far side of the house.
0: The other side of the house, with the creepy doll. (laughs) Exactly. The funny thing about that doll, he said, because we were talking about it being creepy, and he goes, I went in and shook it, and it didn't do anything. So he was kind of like, okay, whatever. And then before he went to bed, he went to move it. And he Uh moved it on the bed, and then it talked to him. (laughs) It says, I'm like, you broke me. And he said, it freaked the heck out of him. (laughs) anyways uh, uh, people should yeah. know that 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 side of the house the the uh guest bedroom over there is designed kind of haunted mansion-esque mm-hmm. and yeah, so it's kind of creepy yes
2: very much so yeah.
0: <laughs> creepy pictures creepy doll uh. but very comfortable all right so all these games were on saturday september 16th and this is the last of the non-conference weekend so the last time we have you know, what, 11, 12 games to talk about. Mm-hmm. So first up, Beach, we had Weber State at Utah. Ooh. And I'm pretty sure we all picked Utah on that one, did we not? We did, Beach. And, here and how sec- did
2: that turn out for us?
0: So, Beach, thanks in large part to a strong third quarter, a shorthanded Utah Utes team ran away from their in-state foe, Weber State Wildcats, Thirty-one to seven at Rice-Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City. Now, after a bit of a shaky start, the Utes scored twenty-one answered points to seal the deal and move to three and zero heading into the Pac-12 Conference play last week. So, beads the Utah has still been without Cam Rising at quarterback. Wow, yeah. So that's kind of hurt him. So he might be back next week for the Beaver game. Who knows?
2: But they're trudging along at this point.
0: Yeah, they're 3-0. So they got that going for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Nice. All right. So we all got the win there. All right. Next up, beads, we had Idaho at Cal.
2: Ooh. I, we disagreed on this one. I don't have my notes from last week. But we didn't all pick the same team. Who did I pick?
0: You picked Idaho. I thought I did. And Kyle yeah, I and I Cal. took Cal, yeah. How'd that turn out? Well, Beach, Cal running back Sam Jackson the fifth, scampered for a 27-yard touchdown to give Cal its first lead early in the second half as the Golden Bears rebounded from a sluggish start on Saturday to beat Idaho 31-17. Funny, would have been their first defeat to an FCS opponent. Now Cal fell behind seventeen nothing early, but rallied with thirty-one straight points, dominating the second half behind a strong run game and a defense that pitched a shutout after halftime. Now Cal finished with two hundred and fifty six yards rushing to Idaho's one hundred and eight and forced three turnovers while not committing any of their own.
2: Damn it. Yeah, so
0: Cal struggled early. It was seventeen nothing at half, but they came back and played well in the second. Mm. So Kyle and I got the win there. Next up, Beach, we had Washington at Michigan State. Ooh. I believe I took Michigan State. You did, and Kyle and I took Washington. I'm trying to make up for points. How's that working out for me, Billy? Well, Beach, Washington State quarterback Michael Penix Jr. threw four first-half touchdown passes and finished 27 to 35 for 473 yards in just 3 quarters of work. As the Huskies stomped teetering Michigan State forty-one to seven on Saturday, now Washington's seven hundred and thirteen yards of total offense is the most ever given up by Michigan State. Now Hauser's four-yard touchdown run late in the fourth quarter is all that prevented the Spartans' first home shutout loss since Pennix and Indiana blanked twenty-four to nothing in twenty twenty. Well, so, I'm second. So Pennix, before he played for Washington was actually uh, a quarterback at in Indiana. Okay. So, yeah.
2: Awesome. You guys get the point there, and I'm I'm sucking the hind tit.
0: Not a good place to be when you're the little pup. <laughs> Next up, Beach, Northern Colorado at Washington State. Oh, we all took the cougars on this one. Washington State quarterback Cameron Ward passed for 327 yards and accounted for five first-half touchdowns. And number 23 Washington State breezed to a 64-21 victory over FCS member Northern Colorado on Saturday. Now, the junior quarterback completed his first 12 passes, including a 37-yard touchdown strike to Kyle Williams and a 28-yard TD pass to Lincoln Victor to give Wazoo a 22-0 lead in the first quarter. Victor had six catches for 119 yards with a pair of TDs on the day. So, do you yeah. think? Do you think? Um, do you think
2: their success is it deserved? Do you think Prime Time is that good of a coach, and do you think he's got that good of a talent base?
0: Northern Colorado and Washington State. Uh, just in general, from what you've seen so far
2: this year. Who are oh, you talking no, about? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was. I'm. I'm thinking Colorado. Never mind. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, my my bad.
0: Yeah. First of all, Northern Colorado got the, the pants beat off them. And Dion, <laughs> you weren't listening I, I, to me. I
2: wasn't listening to you. You don't say anything <laughs> important anyway.
0: All right. So we each got the win there. Next up beach, North Carolina Central at UCLA.
2: It sounds like a train. What does I need to get on, I need to get on the North Carolina Central? <laughs>
0: it does so, like trade. <laughs> That's funny.
2: Um, yeah. Um, uh, we picked uh, we picked bitch tits.
0: Yes, we all took UCLA. So, Beach, UCLA scored more points than it ran offensive plays on Saturday noon at the Rose Bowl. The Bruins beat North Carolina Central fifty nine to seven, while only running fifty six offensive plays in the game. Holy crap. Yeah, the number of quarterbacks that saw playing time was brow-raising two. Five Bruins played at the quarterback position on Saturday. Freshman Dante Moore led the group as the starter and completed eight of 12 passes for two touchdowns with no interceptions. He was one touchdown shy of tying the record for the most touchdowns by a true freshman in a game. Now, the 24th-ranked Bruins flaunted depth in the ground game as four different running backs scored a touchdown. Anthony Atkins had 10 carries and 96 yards. Carson Steele, five carries for 83 yards. TJ Harden, five carries for 66 yards. And Colson Yankoff, six carries for 61 yards. They each contributed. Is um... So, I mean, if you listen to that, Beach. So he had eight completed passes with two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. The running backs, one was 10 for 96 yards. That's 9.6 yards a carry. Five carries for 83 yards. That's what, like 14, 15 yards a carry? Wow. Uh, another one was five carries for 66 yards. That's over 12 yards a carry.
2: And Another one
0: was six carries for 61 yards. That's 10 yards a carry. So I have to say, even is though... Is
2: their offense that good or is their defense that bad?
0: I th- I think they're, the opponent wasn't very good. Okay. So with a 59-7... I don't say much complimentary about chip Kelly, mm-hmm. but I mean, considering that more only th- the starting quarterback only threw 12 passes and you had five different guys with that many carries, you know, I, yes, it was a high score, but I don't, th- I think he took the, uh, I think he took off the foot, the foot off the gas early. I just don't think the other team was very good at all. Okay. I didn't see the game, but you know yeah. when you hear when you hear those kind of stats put up, it's that,
2: it's going to be really interesting once everybody starts playing Pac-12 teams.
0: Yeah, we got some interesting games this week, beach.
2: Okay. Yep.
0: All right, so we all got the win there. Next up, Hawaii at Oregon.
2: Fucking Oregon. Um. We all uh, we all picked Oregon on this one, did we not?
0: We did. Oregon wide receiver Tez Johnson caught a 49-yard scoring pass from Bo Nix on the first series of the game, and Oregon on went and, and Oregon went on to beat Hawaii 55 to 10 on Saturday night. Now the Ducks have won 32 straight non-conference games at Autzen Stadium, the longest streak in the nation. Oregon hasn't lost to a non-conference opponent at home since 2008 you know who that was who was that boise state oh i didn't realize boise state oh was that the punch no that was the year before the punch oh that's why uh that's kind of what started the whole punch who was that running back what was his name
2: he will not play another Saturday yeah. the rest of this season. Wasn't it? Didn't it start with a D? I'm trying to think. I can't.
0: Dicks? No. Legarrette Blunt. Blunt. Yeah, Legarrette Blunt. He was the one that because they Boise State beat him in Eugene, uh, going into the next year to open the open the year. He said, we owe those boys an ass whooping. And after the game of Boise State beat Oregon in Boise, the guy that ended up getting punch, punched asked Blunt, how was that ass whooping? And that's why he hit him like a bitch in the back. <laughs> he, I just I have no, I have no, yeah we we know what's well, going on LeGarrette blunt
2: well and, well and not only that but that's when cuz that was when Chip Kelly was still there wasn't it it was his first year yeah and he's like he'll never play another Saturday the rest of this season and immediately everybody's like civil wars on friday this year and that's son of. and what pissed me off was sitting there in autzen stadium and listening to those sons of bitches cheer when he went out into the when he went out on the field
0: yep after La, 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 Ma- after La michael james got hurt mm-hmm yep yeah I was anyways. just anyways yep but there you go you know so, that's
2: one thing i won't miss in the pack
0: okay next up so we all got the winner next up beach sacramento state at stanford Ooh. i think we all picked the cardinal no we did not beach oh did i pick sac state you took sac state oh how'd that work out for me billy well, Beach, Caden Bennett narrowly avoided a sack to throw a 49-yard touchdown pass with a minute 32 to play, and Sacramento State beat former coach Troy Taylor's Stanford team 30 to 23 on Saturday night for the Hornets' third win ever against a Pac-12 school. Look at me. And actually Look yes, one of, one of those was against the Beaves. Okay. Yep. I believe in what 2011 yeah, that was those were the dark times. Yep. Now Bennett flung a short pass to Marcus to Marcus Fulcher just before his knee touched the ground, and Fulcher did the rest from there to score for the Hornets and spoil his former coach's home debut at Stanford. Now Taylor took over the Cardinal after going thirty and eight in four seasons and leading the Hornets to their first berth in the FCS quarterfinals in school history last season. Now, many of his former players are still at Sac State, including Bennett, who threw for 279 yards, ran for 100, and had a TD pass and run.
2: That's got to that's gotta hurt, having your former team beat you.
0: Yeah. And this is why <laughs> I said, I go, the, the Pac-12 is pretty good this year, outside mm. of Stanford. You did say that. Yeah. And that was before this game.
2: Is, is, is Cal is finally getting out of there cuz Cal's been in a slump for the last few years too have they
0: not Cal has had a has had a decent defense the last few years they just haven't really been able to score okay and Arizona So we also could call can... them like the beige of the D, of the Pac-12
2: okay just not not able to score
0: can't score yeah yeah
2: mm-hmm. Arizona's kind of been that way too haven't they
0: um Arizona had a horrible defense last season.
2: So, like, if they would have married uh, Cal, they would have had a great team.
0: Uh, they had an okay offense; they're just their defense was crap. So, all right, Beach. Next up, Colorado State at Colorado.
2: Here's what I was thinking of. So, this is my question for you, Billy. On on color, uh, do you, Do d- I mean. Essentially, it's a brand new team, brand new coach. I mean, they lost what'd you say, fifty some players.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Are are they? Do you think when they get to the Pac-12 Pac-12 games, do you think we're going to see a change, or do you think they're going to continue to perform well?
0: I don't know. We'll see.
2: It's interesting.
0: Well, let's talk about this game first. So we all yeah. took Colorado. And they, they were game date uh, this last week. Correct. College game date. So Beach, Colorado quarterback Shadur Sanders threw a TD pass to Michael Harrison in the second overtime after leading Colorado on a 98-yard drive to tie the game with 36 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter. And number 18 Colorado rallied to beat Colorado State 43-35 to early Sunday, basically, in front of a full house packed with famous names. Now, Sanders connected with Harrison for an 18-yard score and then found an open Xavier Weaver on the two-point conversion. The Colorado defense took over from there with Trevor Woods intercepting Braden fowler nicholsys pass on 4th and 23 to end the game at nearly 12.30 local time.
2: Who were the famous names in the crowd?
0: Oh, there was um, Rapper Offset. There was uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. A lot of people there.
2: Are they all buddies with
0: uh, with Dion? I, I wouldn't doubt it, but he brings a certain amount of media presence there. So um,
2: they're just saying, hey, we should go check this out.
0: Well, I'm
2: sure. Or do you think they're chasing the cameras too?
0: I mean, they're all chasing cameras to a certain extent. So is Dion. But I think <laughs> Dion's the kind of guy that likes to have a lot of famous friends. Uh-huh. And so um, he can get them in there
2: hmm. Well, and I heard that the ticket
0: prices have gone through the roof in that stadium. Yes. And I tell you what, man, just showing, showing some just seeing footage of that. That stadium might be. One of the worst in the Pac-12. Really? Well, yeah, there's like no, there's like no. St- the scoreboard is nothing. The the replay board is nothing there. I mean, there's just nothing. It's just a Damn. big
2: bowl. I mean, they have been investing a lot into their facilities. No.
0: And so, I mean, like right now, probably two of the worst are probably the Rose bowl and the Coliseum, Mm -hmm. but at least they've got some history behind them. Yeah. You know, but yeah, that Folsom field is like, wow, there's nothing there. It just looks, looks horrible. (laughs) Big bowl, lots of concrete, you know, the, Fans were all quite a way away from the uh, the um, action oh, from, and stuff from the field. Yeah,
2: really. Yeah, that's that's one thing I am really enjoying about Reeser is how close we are to the field now. I agree. Even in the second second uh, deck.
0: Yeah. All right, Bees. Uh, let's move on. We got two more games to talk about before we talk about the Beeves. Next yep. up, Fresno State at Arizona State. Ooh.
2: Uh, again, Bill, I don't have my list and I, I just kind of pull them out of my ass on Saturday or when we do this. So, uh, did I, did I take Fresno state?
0: No, you did not. We all took Arizona state. Oh, okay. How'd the sun devils do? Well, beach Fresno state quarterback, Mikey Keene threw for 280 <laughs> through for 281 yards and two touchdowns Fresno state's defense forced eight turnovers and the bulldogs rolled to a 29 zero win over Arizona state on Saturday night. Now it was Fresno state's second win over a power five team in three weeks after also beating Purdue 39 to 35 on September 2nd. The Bulldogs are now three and Oh, and have a 12 game winning streak dating back to last season, which is the second longest in the FBS behind number one, Georgia.
2: I'm sure glad we didn't uh, play Fresno state this year.
0: Yeah. I was going to look at that. I was going to look it up here. I'm going to look to see what their record was in 2022. So Let's see. So they lost to Oregon State on September 10th and then lost to USC on September 17th and haven't lost since. Oh, nope. They lost to UConn on October 1st and oh, haven't okay. lost since. Nope. What? This can't be right. Anyway, are oh, you okay, either? okay, okay. No, no, no. So they lost like four in a row and then didn't lose after that. Oh, okay. I know they, their quarterback got hurt, and that's kind of what hurt that offense for a while.
1: Mm. So.
0: Anyways. All right. Nice. So none of us got the win there. I was going to say, continuing on here. Meanwhile, Arizona State's offense was struggling and sloppy. Quarterback Trenton Borgett, starting for the injured Jaden Rashada, threw an interception on his first drive and then got hurt on the next, limping off the field with the team's medical staff. So they pa- were on their third-string quarterback? Drew Pine entered for Borgett and fumbled on his first play after being sacked. The ball was recovered by Fresno State. By the end of the game, Arizona State was using fourth-string quarterback Jacob Conover. John, the Sun Devils lost three fumbles and through five interceptions, one by Borgett and two each by Conover and Pine. Wow. Yep. And from what I understand, from what I read, Borgett is out f- a number of, well, Wasada is out, I think, four to six weeks. But he's a true freshman, so they could possibly just redshirt him. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that um, I think Borgett is out several weeks also. So they're in a bad way at the quarterback position.
2: It sounds like because it sounds like they're unless unless they have a turnaround, their their uh, third and fourth strings aren't the aren't uh, really nope. good caliber. Nope.
0: So none of us got uh, to win there. Hmm. Last game of our picks, Beach Utah at Arizona.
2: Who would we pick? Billy? Really?
0: we all took Arizona.
2: All uh, right. So Beach, I don't, I don't want to second guess myself because you know. I,
0: I, I, it's, it, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's what moves me at the time. Arizona quarterback, Jane Delora threw for 285 yards and three touchdowns and Arizona's defense shut down the Miners for a 31 to 10 win on Saturday night. Now, Arizona forced the Miners into a fumble, a turnover on downs and seven punts in 10 drives before UTEP was able to score a late touchdown. Now the Wildcats poured it on offensively after some shaky early moments pushing an 11-point halftime lead to 28 early in the fourth quarter. Delora led the way after throwing four interceptions last week, hitting 23 of 29 passes with no interceptions in Arizona's 14th straight win over UTEP. Mm. And that's only, uh, they play a lot because they're just not that far apart Mm -hmm. between Tucson and uh, El Paso.
2: Geography decision.
0: Yep. So, all right, Beach, so after that week, it uh, looks like you picked up, how many games were there total? Looks like 10 games total, and you went 7 of 10, so you're now 21 out of 32. Kyle went 8 of 10, and is at 24 out of 32, and I also went 8 of 10, and I'm at 25 out of 32. All right, and last, Beach. We had San Diego State at Oregon State. The Beavs. The Beavs. How'd that go, Bill? Well, Beach, Oregon State quarterback DJ Uyagalele passed for 284 yards and a touchdown. Excuse me, excuse me. Nicely done. Thank you. Ran for a touchdown for the third consecutive game. And Oregon State's defense had six sacks in a 26-9 win over San Diego State on Saturday. Running back Damian Martinez anchored Oregon State's running game with 102 yards. Now, San Diego State running back Jalen Armstead scored on a six-yard run with 9:01 remaining. The two-point conversion pass failed, and Oregon State maintained a two-score lead at 19 nine. But the Beavers responded when Anthony Anthony Gould turned U- no, I to do it. Uyagalele's short pass into a 75-yard touchdown and a 26-9 to nine advantage. Now, Oregon State had 475 total yards to 326 for the Aztecs, who were limited to just 70 yards on the ground, primarily due to a negative 50 yards on sacks. Now, for San Diego State, Maiden was 20 of 32 passing for 256 yards and no interceptions. Now, for the Beavs' beach, wide receiver Silas Bolden came up big on an 84-yard scoring drive that extended the Beavers' lead to 19-3 at 740 of the third quarter. He caught a 31-yard pass, then ran 18 yards on the next play on a fly sweep to the one, setting up Uyangalele's one-yard touchdown run. Mm -hmm. And now a big play in the game, Beach, Uyangalele tossed a backward pass to left tackle Josh Gray, who scored untouched from the three-yard line to make it twelve to nothing. Now it was the first rushing touchdown by an Oregon State offensive lineman since 1996. Wow! Now Gray said the last time he scored a touchdown was during middle school in a flag football game. 1996. Bead. Do you know who that was?
2: I'm trying to think. We were still not that good in '96, were we?
0: No, I believe it was offensive lineman Fletcher Keister. I person. don't even
2: remember.
0: Oh, come on with a name like Fletcher Keister. I... But it was one of the last years that the old fumble roosty was legal. Oh, okay. That was the last year of head coach Jerry Pettibone's tenure at Oregon state. He coached there from 91 through 96. Cause in 97 is when Riley got hired the first time, Okay, but he ran, they ran the, uh, Fumble Rooski against oh, Stanford. They and, did, didn't they? And Stanford's head coach at the time was legendary NFL coach Bill Walsh, who coached the 49ers to a new, to uh-huh. numerous Super Bowl wins. So before he was a coach at the Niners, he had been a coach at Stanford. So after he'd retired for a couple years from the Niners, he went back again and coached at Stanford. And with the Fumble Rooski, what they do is – the ball, they leave is, it on the, ground. the ball is snapped to the quarterback and he it hits his hands for a second, but he basically drops it in the ground underneath the center. And the center is supposed to basically drop to his knees right there. And they leave the ball sitting in there. Well, the quarterback drops the ball and then runs a play like runs Act a like fake, it. runs a fake yeah. out one way. And one of the guards stays in, and doesn't move. Then he reaches over behind the center, where the ball has basically been fumbled, but just sitting there. He reaches underneath him, grabs the ball, picks it up, and runs the other way. I, I do
2: remember this, because it was one of the only things we ever cheered for the whole season.
0: Oh, yeah. And they scored a touchdown off it against Stanford. And after that season, Bill Walsh successfully had the play outlawed at the college level.
2: That's nice.
0: That you no nice. longer can deliberately fumble the ball.
2: It, it, it. What happens if you do? Is it considered a down? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, what if, so you can't, del- so you can't deliberately fumble it at all. So like if you're being tackled, you can't throw it away. Well,
0: like, like you can't, let, you can't, you can't, you can't advance okay. a deliberately fumbled ball. Okay. Can so we, if you can fumble it and you can recover it. It's going to be dead where you fumbled it.
2: Okay. But if you lateral it and it falls and hits the ground, fumble. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when you're, when you're doing like last play of the game and you're trying to, to do anything you can to get to the end zone and you're, you're throwing it back, throwing it back, throwing it back. Uh, if it hits the ground, lateral short, still lateral or still yeah. attempt the lateral. So it's considered fumble. Yeah. Okay. But, but you can, okay.
0: you can, you can advance that. Yeah.
2: Because yeah. it essentially is a, a lateral that ultimately ends in a fumble.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right, beach. And I thought, so this game was kind of tough, right? We, we, we did. We didn't look
2: tight. We didn't look crisp. No, but we won the game.
0: No, exactly. And I think people need to give San Diego state a little more credit. Um, They're not a bad football team. Defensively, they're pretty good. That defensive back core is very good. Obviously, uh, DJ had two uh, picks on the day. Mm -hmm. First two turnovers for Oregon State this year. That defense for San Diego State has 10 interceptions on the year.
2: Wow, so far? Yes. That's
0: good. Yes, they're very much ball hawks. So they that it's very underrated and that's a normal San Diego State defense where like they like to blitz all the time from different places. So that head coach Brady Hoke was an assistant coach at Oregon State in the early 90s.
2: Uh, under Pettibone?
0: Yes, actually he is the reason why Barcroft got a scholarship. Our friend Brad really?
2: Yeah, yeah, really.
0: Hoke pushed for Brad to get a scholarship. Yeah. How old is he now? That's a long time ago. Now. Uh, well, yeah, he, he'd been at San Diego State. He actually was the head coach up at Michigan for a few years. And now he's back oh. at San Diego State. And so he took over for Rocky Long, who was a defensive coordinator at Oregon State under Pettibone. Oh. Yeah. So And both those guys run very good defenses. They like to blitz. They disguise stuff. They're very good defensive coaches. Oh. But it was funny, <clears throat> during that game, Beach, I never felt like the Beavs were threatened, but they were never completely in control. I was going to say never comfortable. We I, I, no. they, they were getting threatened, but we were we were never in a position of having a comfortable lead. Well, and if you look at that game, San Diego moved the ball quite a bit. I mean, they ended up with what 300 oh. and some odd yards, oh. and they got across the 50-yard line numerous times. But Oregon so State first, shut it down.
2: First couple of drives, I felt like, you know, we were we were, we were just moving it between the 20s, it felt like.
0: Yeah. And, you so. know, uh, Martinez had 100, over 100 yards, but they didn't run him a lot. He got a little huh. nicked up, kind of got a shoulder injury. Is she going to be okay? Um, I think so. He came out and played after that, but they didn't run him very hard.
2: But rumor is it was a shoulder
0: um, that's what it was from the report on the sideline they were looking at. What about tongue? I haven't heard anything definitive as of today. That didn't look good. I know in his um, press conference after the game, uh, mm-hmm. Jonathan Coach Jonathan Smith said that it looked like it was going to be a little bit of a long-term thing. So okay. does that mean a month? Does that mean the season? I don't know. Wow. Yeah. So that's what that's what you've always got to worry about especially in football are injuries and you can't uh-huh. predict those.
2: So yeah. part of and the my, thing
0: is you need to be good, you know, you need to have the breaks go to your way and you got to stay injury free. Yeah.
2: Well, you and I've always you, you and I've always talked that injuries are part of the game. Yeah. You know, and and you're going to lose players throughout the season. You just hope they're not key and critical
0: or that you have the guys that'll back them up. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, what? I'll, what,
2: what I'll, your Hear his tongue.
0: I think he's a junior. Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, could could he take this as a red shirt? Is was he? Is he a
0: red shirt junior? I don't know. I don't know all the ins and outs of that. I don't know if he is. I don't know where standing is. Also, with COVID, that because those COVID years are still in there, so mm-hmm. you've got guys that are playing six years eligibility right now. Okay. Because of red shirt and COVID and all that kind of crap. So I don't know where he stands. Okay. But hey, a win's a win. Win and move on. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, well, you know, the, the one
2: thing I always get a little worried of, and it's just because I just always feel I've always felt this way with with the team is you have too much success and it, it breeds too much confidence. And little confidence is good. Too much confidence makes you overlook things.
0: Yeah.
2: And so I I think it might be good that we had a game like this where we didn't look like we dominated. It looked like we had a lot of room to improve. Yeah. And they they can continue focus on improving and hopefully they will come out with a, uh, a crisper game uh, this Saturday. I agree. And you know. we, we need it. Washington State's not a pushover. Washington State's a damn good team and they're playing at at uh, at Pullman, and and that's a tough place to play.
0: Yeah, although I'd rather be playing there in September than November. That's a darn truth. <laughs> All right, Beach. Um, also,
2: great tailgater. It was good. I don't think, I honestly, I think that was our our most attended tailgater we've ever had.
0: Uh, sa- uh other th- outside of Wisconsin, outside of Wisconsin, yeah,
2: yeah. I so, thought that was pretty damn amazing. Uh, uh- other than maybe two years ago for the last game of the season, we had a ton of people there for that one late-night game, that yeah. last I can't remember we played. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, no, I think we had 150 or better people show up. Yeah, it was nuts. Not enough eggs, not enough Christmas
0: Went through 190 eggs, went through 10 or 12 pounds of bacon, 10 pounds of steak bites, 16 pounds of pork shoulder,
2: I, I, I was cooking anything I could just to feed people. I, I was to the point, like, make Irish nachos because all I got is tater tots left. Yeah,
0: I know. I know. It just, it was gone. I was just surprised the heck out of me. And we did have to move because of the construction of the obstacle course. Yeah. Yeah. So, so ho- hopefully we'll move back, but who knows? The, pa- the place, that spot isn't bad. The only problem is so much randomness it's- of people can walk by.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So. But it was hey, great. One, I, I had a great time. One, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, "Be one thing if we had a small tailgate with just fifteen people, but that's not how we roll."
0: Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> but anyway, so hopefully in two weeks, if there's construction's done and there's room back there for us, we'll move back to that back corner. We like it back there a little more protected.
2: I can't believe they recycled that obstacle course. I mean, I, I know was, it's Pull, pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, pulled all those pieces out. That was crazy.
2: I wonder if they were just buried in the dirt before, and that's why they didn't have to knock off any concrete.
0: I don't know, but they're concreted in now. Yeah, they are. All righty, Beach. So after week three, they put out the polls and the rankings, and in the AP poll, Mm -hmm. USC comes in at number five. I hate USC. Washington at number eight. I hate Washington. And Oregon at number 10. I really hate those fucking people from Oregon. Yeah, so that's three Pac-12 schools in the top 10.
2: Yeah, but they're all worthless schools.
0: And then Oregon in at number 11. I mean, excuse me, Utah in at number 11. Okay. Oregon State moves up a spot to number 14. Okay. Colorado at 19. I'm done. Washington State at 21. Go Cougs. And UCLA at 22. Bitch tits. <laughs> and then in the USA Today poll, beach, we've got mm-hmm. USC at five. Mm-hmm. Washington at eight. Mm-hmm. Utah at 10. Oregon at 11. So those two are changed. Wow. Yeah, interesting. Oregon State at 15. Mm-hmm. Colorado 19. Washington State 24. UCLA 25. Wow. Yep. So eight teams for the second week ranked in the top 25. going to be interesting. It will be. All right, Beach. It's now time for the Tommy Tuberville.
1: What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do.
0: <laughs> jackass of the week award. Every week, I like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies truly worst sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beach... It's going to the SEC conference. Good. Why, why, why Billy? Well, Beach, Missouri became the first school to be fined under the SEC's revised policy after fans rushed the field in Columbia following Saturday's 30-27 walk-off win over Kansas State. What's the fine? Well, because it was Missouri's first offense, the school will pay $100,000. Ooh. Now, the money will go into the SEC Postgraduate Scholarship Fund, so it is going into a good thing, but the conference during its annual spring meetings uh, this spring of Beach voted to increase fines for violating the field access policy. The school's second offense will result in a 250000 fine, and a $500,000 fine will be handed out for the third and all subsequent fines.
2: Is, is this to prevent... Um... Dangerous activity on the field, fans threatening or hurting the uh, opposing teams, that kind of stuff?
0: Well, they don't want people on the – yeah, on the field of play or the court.
2: hmm
0: Now is, – Is this goes for any 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 sport? Correct. Wow. So if you rush the field of football, it's just like rushing the court and volleyball.
2: <laughs> <coughs> so volleyball, basketball, baseball.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well – yeah, you don't see many people rushing the field in baseball, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Not like you see people rushing the court in volleyball either. But Nope, nope. Now, according to the policy... And, in, and, no, and nobody's, nobody's in the stands
2: at the soccer games except yeah, the parents.
0: Yeah. So, According to the policy, <laughs> institutions shall limit access to competition areas to participating student-athletes, coaches, officials, support personnel, and properly credentialed or authorized individuals at all times. For the safety of participants and spectators alike, at no time before, during, or after a contest, may spectators enter the competition area. Now, Beach, on Saturday, Missouri beat then number 15 Kansas State on Harrison Mevis's sixty-one-yard field goal that split the uprights with no time left. Now Mevis's oh. kick set the record for the longest field goal in SEC history. The previous record was sixty yards, done three times, most recently in nineteen eighty-four by Georgia's Kevin Butler and Florida's Chris Perkins. Now the ta- that's that's still like a freaking forty years ago. Exactly thirty-nine by my count, but yep. still. But okay. Yeah. And, and and they got fined hundred thousand dollars for the students coming on. I don't know how you keep people off the football field or like off the basketball court. Let's say they hit a, a half court shot to win the game against a ranked team. How do you keep them off the court?
2: I don't know. They they outnumber you. The security's a joke. Um, and I don't want to go back to the days well, of having a uh, having a, uh, a uh, cyclone uh, first, fence. Yeah, cyclone fence
0: uh, around the 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 gameplay, which is what it was at, at Reese or back when we first started going to the games. When it was before it was Reesor, when it was Parker. Yes, they yeah. had a cyclone fence with the little twisty top parts, you know, that are supposed to be kind of like barbed wire on the top along the top, that uh-huh. went all the way around the inside of the field.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then. Because no nobody stormed the fields back in the uh, in the early nineties. Oh yes, of that. they did. Did we get through? I
0: saw them storm the field in like nineteen ninety and tear down the goalposts.
2: How did they get around the 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 thing?
0: They went over it.
2: Oh okay, I don't remember that. It but doesn't okay. stop
0: people. Yeah, I mean the only way you're gonna stop people is like freaking razor wire.
2: Yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: <laughs> but anyways, I just think it's a stupid policy. Well, it's kind of weird
2: that you you're gonna find the school. I mean, yeah, because as the school, you can't really tell the students not to do it because when you do that, they're just going to make them want to do it more. Yeah. You know? how, are,
0: how are you going to get thousands of college students to not do something? Offer free
2: beer somewhere else.
0: <laughs> That'd be pretty good.
2: Yeah. At one minute, Two minutes before the end of the game, we're offering
0: free beer in the parking lot to anybody who wants to come. <laughs> but the problem is this was the last play of the game. Oh yeah, I, I just I just think the SEC hates fun.
2: <laughs> well, uh, yep. I'm not a fan.
0: So to the SEC for hating fun, you get this week's <laughs> jackass of the week. All right, Beege, it's now time for our musical interlude. I,
2: I bet you, I bet you, the postgraduates are the one that started the, the run. <laughs>
0: They're like, dude, start this. We're going to get more money. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> so, okay. Musical interlude. All right. You ready? I'm listening. Okay. Uh, mine this week, my my pick, uh, is by the Traveling Wilburys. Ah. Uh, yeah. The Traveling Wilburys was a British-American supergroup made up of Bob Dylan George Harrison of Beatles fame, Jeff Lynn, Roy Orbison, and the late Tom Petty. Actually, a lot of lates and all, all that, but uh, recently late Tom Petty. Um, the idea of the band came about from a conversation Harrison was having with Lynn while he was recording his uh, album, Cloud Nine. Uh, and that's the one where... Uh, um... I got my mind set on you. Thank you. Uh, so in 1988... Uh, they, the guys all got together, they were all put together and they sang a song called handle with care, and it was going to be put on a bonus track for Harrison's next European single. But after they recorded it, it was deemed way too good to be added for that single. And they decided to record a full album and uh, entitled the album, the traveling Wilburys volume one. Uh, and this was interesting. The term Wilbury. Came from Harrison to Lynn regarding some recording errors in the Cloud Nine sessions. Uh, Harrison said, "We'll bury them in the mix regarding the errors in the in the sounds. Get it? We'll bury." Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they um, they were originally going to call it the Trembling Willberries, and then the, Lynn suggested changing it to the Traveling Willberries. Um, so they recorded two albums from nineteen eighty 1980, in nineteen eighty eight to nineteen ninety one. Uh, The Traveling Wilburys Volume 1 and Volume 3. Apparently, Volume 2 didn't make the cut. (laughs) Uh, The the song I chose is off of the first album and is titled End of the Line. Uh, The sad part about this is Roy Orbison passed away before the music video for this song was completed. So uh, during his vocals in the song, if you watch the video, uh, there's a shot. They're riding a train. And there's a shot of his guitar in a rocking chair um, where his uh, solo portion or where his uh, vocals go. So here you go. Uh, One of my favorites from the late 80s, The Traveling Wilburys, End of the Line.
1: and wonder what tomorrow will bring maybe a damn well it's all right even if the sea around Happy to feel that. And it don't matter if you're by my side.
0: Love that song, Beach, because it totally sounds like it's on. A, it sounds just like a train as it's kind of mm-hmm. chugging along there. Well, it's, what were you gonna say? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say. So the guys that make up that band, obviously George Harrison of the Beatles, mm-hmm. Tom mm-hmm. Petty, everyone knows Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and his solo stuff, Roy mm-hmm. Orbison, who's best known for Pretty Woman. Yep. And then the other guy was Jeff Lynn. Well, you also had
2: Bob Dylan, but Bob, oh, Bob Dylan, Dylan. Actually, but he didn't appear on this song. He was actually brought in for the other songs, but he did not yeah. sing on this, this particular song. Yeah,
0: yeah, Bob Dylan, and and, who, and Jeff Lynne. You know who he is? You know, I I, I should, but and I know I've, if you said it, I'll be like, oh yeah, I know that, but uh,
2: uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head.
0: He's the main guy between behind ELO Electric Light Orchestra. Okay, that was his band. So yeah. So, well, it sounds go. like.
2: And it must have, he, because again, he worked with George Harrison, so he must do a lot of, of other stuff. He does a lot, lot of producing. Yeah. I was going to say kind of a, for hire kind of guy. I'm yeah, yeah. No,
0: he does a lot of producing. He's very well respected. So, yeah. yeah. So who do you got left? You got Bob Dylan left.
2: Is Jeff, Jeff Lynn, still, Lynn. Yeah, Jeff
0: Lynn's still around?
2: Yeah. I mean, George Harrison died in 2000 and.
0: Oh, I don't even I think was, it was, I think it was much before that. Was it? I thought so.
2: Yeah, and Tom Petty died
0: just a couple years ago. Yeah, a
2: few years three. ago. Yeah. Hard you know, it's so hard to know anymore because those COVID years are such a loss. And Ger- um,
0: George Harrison died. Oh, he did die in two thousand one. Okay. And Tom Tom Petty. Um He passed away in twenty seventeen.
2: Okay. Wow. Six
0: years ago, yeah, almost to the you day. Know, I, uh, October 2nd, I, 2017.
2: You know, I, I, uh, w- when Tom Petty, when I first ever heard Tom Petty, not really, uh, into him that much. And then as time has gone on, um, he released more albums. What was the one that was released back in the early 90s? Uh, it's Good to Be King um had all those songs on there. that
0: was his solo stuff that
2: was that was a great album
0: was it wildflowers um
2: i don't think it was wildflowers yeah it's good to be king
0: um that was on there
2: okay that was a great album some great music videos too with that one
0: yeah you don't know how it feels
2: honeybee yeah, the first the first time I ever saw Tom Petty on like MTV and stuff, it was the uh, Alice in Wonderland video.
0: Oh, uh, uh, don't come around here no more.
2: Yeah. And that one I wasn't too enthralled with. But then he did. We actually picked it for one of our songs where I picked it um, with uh, Johnny Depp. Uh, oh, that was. Uh, uh, oh.
0: Into the Great Wide Open. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So,
0: All right, Beach, we need to get moving here. Uh, sure. We have to pick our week four picks for the Pac-12. And now we're into conference plays. We have a lot less games to pick. Okay. All right. So, Beach, first up, this is a I'm week of down. what? I write them down,
2: I write them down, but then I lose my pad of paper. So Imagine hopefully I won't that. lose them. Yeah. Okay,
0: Beach, so what? this is a lot of ranked teams playing what? ranked teams. Okay. Start it out. Twelve thirty, Colorado at Oregon. I'm uh, I'm picking Colorado. Picking Colorado. Kyle says, "Oh man, so much hype about to happen." Ducks. I think it is who ESPN and the Nike want to win. <laughs> I too am taking Oregon. I don't think Colorado has the horses to keep up with Oregon.
2: I think Oregon's and, overrated,
0: and, and it's in Austin.
2: And that's the only thing I'm a little concerned about. But I think they're arrogant, and I think they're overrated. I think you got two overrated teams here. I think I think Oregon's even more overrated.
0: All right, Beach. Next up, ranked UCLA at ranked Utah. Utah. You are taking Utah. Kyle says. Baby goats, suckle the bitch tits dry, Utah. <laughs> I too am taking Utah. I just think the um, UCLA is so young on the offense. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to come into play at Utah. Okay. Arizona at Stanford. Arizona. Kyle says I got nostalgic for six years ago when this would have been a good game, Arizona. <laughs> I agree. I'm taking Arizona, and I will keep saying, outside of Stanford, the Pac-12 is pretty good at football this year.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Next up, USC at Arizona State.
2: I'll go with USC.
0: I too. I'm taking USC. Kyle says, despite the self-imposed ban, ASU is going to the bowl, the toilet bowl. Yuck! Yuck! USC. Yeah. I Arizona State, especially with their quarterback problems, mm-hmm. they're going to be in trouble. Next up, Cal at Washington. Oh, I'll take Washington. Kyle says, Huskies are good at home. U-Dub. I, too, am taking U-Dub. And finally... Oh, I guess that's the last one we had to pick. Kyle says, it was great to tailgate and see a game in person. Thank you to you for putting up with me. Go Beavs. Kyle, we loved having you.
2: But we still don't like him.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But uh, as Jess says, she's definitely on Team Monica. Mm. And then Beach, Oregon State is traveling up to the Palouse to take on Washington State. What do you think?
2: Oh, I think it's going to be a really tough game. And I think it's all going to be decided in the last half of the fourth quarter. And I think the bees will pull out on top.
0: I, I I think that's a pretty good call. Um, you know, last year it was kind of working like for Oregon state to beat Washington state here, but Washington state's gotten better and they'll be at home. Mm-hmm. So um, the bees will really need to run the ball well and run it hard. I want to see. Um, I want to see uh, some better holes opening up against Washington State than we saw against San Diego State. Mm-hmm. the The Beavs had a few creases, but they gave up too many negative plays on offense. Yeah, absolutely. And cut down the turnovers. Mm-hmm. So, like, meaning have no turnovers. Yep, protect the ball. Protect the ball, and then defensively, I I keep wanting to see that there. The Beavs are getting a great push from that defensive front. I mean, six sacks in a game—that's great—and a lot of it was just a great push. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like you had a guy flying free on a blitz from the outside and you know, blindsiding guys. It was just great push and collapsing the pocket from the front guys. Mm-hmm. So I want to keep seeing that. But hey, three and zero is a great place to be. Absolutely. Yep. And I hopefully next week, Beeves will be sitting at 4.0.
2: Let's keep her fingers crossed.
0: So are you going to the game, Billy? I don't think so, Beege. I need a weekend at home. Mm-hmm. I haven't been basically home for a weekend since early August. Mm. And I just need to be home and get some stuff done here. So and I know you're going to Comic Con. Yep. Rose City Comic-Con. Gonna go get your picture taken with
2: the daughters of Thanos? That's with the daughters of Thanos. I'm. That's the the best threesome I could ever imagine.
0: Bege, Zoe Saldana, and Karen Gillan. Yep. Yep. You better post that picture.
2: I I totally will post that picture. It's the <laughs> in the middle of a beautiful beautiful uh, sandwich right there. Yep.
0: Oh, and we've kind of made um our final decision about the tailgate for Utah next week. Oh, yeah. We probably kind of have to talk about that we, since the
2: next tailgate that's we, coming up.
0: Do we talk about it now or do we wait until next week? Well, let's let's have a little discussion here, a little teaser for next week. Well, this is a long show. You know what? Let's save it for next week. Okay. A lot of it's you. Well, the first part of it was me. And then you, I think, capped it off.
2: For what we're going to do?
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I kind of started it, and then you you came up with a good cap for it. So I think it'll be good. It'll be good, and it'll be great for a condensed tailgater because of the kickoff time. But we'll save that till next week. So I, I, wanna... I, hope, I hope we have a decent audience for that one because Friday
2: after it's it's kind of an earlier game. Is it six thirty? Is it seven? What time's the game? Six. Six. That's that's it.
0: Yeah. Yep. So, anyways. Yep. I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 203 of Living If you'd like to comment, suggest, or ask a question, there are a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on X, HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio. Remember to leave a rating and review. Beach! Good Thanks for being here again, and hopefully next week we're talking about another Beaver win. And until then, here's a great big Go Beavs. How long here, I gotta turn this off? Turn that off. Okay. Let me make sure we're recording. <clears throat> we are Okay. <clears throat> How you doing? Oh fine. I had to work for like
2: five hours or something today.
0: That mm, no, is fine. He keeps me
2: off the streets now out, out of jail. I'm not going back to jail.
0: Yeah. Not again. They won't take you alive. Nope. All right. <clears throat> you ready to do this? I'm as ready as I'll ever be, Billy. I mean, I fake it every week. Just like,
2: just like the girls I date. Well, no, because that would require multiple dates, and that never happens.
0: Unless they fake it on the first one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> you ready to do this? Yeah. Well, we're going to take a second here, because I didn't write it down. I know what the... Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? No, I can hear you. Yeah. um, I got to figure it out what it is here. Uh, They don't always give the stories on ESPN, Mm -hmm. and so I had to go back and look. And because this one was kind of a blowout, they didn't say much. So hold on. I know that was a teaser beach, but we've been recording for like an hour and 15 minutes a long. Yeah. And by the time okay. I add in everything, it'll just be, it'll be tough. So anyways, I'll get this edited tomorrow and we will get it up. Well, you can cut that portion of me out sounding
2: like a dumbass on the Colorado. I'd appreciate it, but you probably won't cause you're an ass.
0: <laughs> oh, you'll have to listen and find out. Uh, I never listen. You know this. I don't listen. There you
2: go. Beach. I'm going to listen when I'm old and gray. I'm going to listen and enjoy these things, but plus I'm drunk and tired and all that all the time. All
0: right. I'm going to talk to you later, Beach.
2: All right. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. I like beer.